Are you building with brick or with straw or with sticks? There was a story that most of us probably had read to us multiple times when we were growing up. It goes like this. There was a mother sow who had three pigs. And she sent them out of her house to go make their living. And they all began to make their way to the brickyard to build their house. But the first little pig ran into a guy who had straw. And he didn't want to bother with buying bricks and building a brick house, so he built his house of straw. And the big bad wolf came along, and he huffed, and he puffed, and he blew the straw house down. And he had pork chops for lunch that afternoon. <laughs> the next little pig bumped into a guy who had a whole bunch of sticks, and he decided he would build his house out of sticks, because he didn't want to take time with the bricks. So that's what he did. And the big bad wolf came along, and he huffed, and he puffed, and he blew the house of sticks down. And he had pork loin that afternoon for dinner. And then there was a third little pig. He made his way all the way to the brickyard. And he decided when he got there that he would buy the bricks and he would build himself a nice house of bricks. And sure enough, that is exactly what he did. And the big bad wolf came along and he huffed and he puffed, but he could not blow the house down. He just had an asthma attack in the process of trying to do that. Sooner or later... A wolf is going to try to blow your marriage apart. Sooner or later, a pack of wolves is going to try to devour your children or your grandchildren. They are waiting on the internet for them, even as we speak. And what we build our lives out of and what we build our families out of and what we build our marriages out of is going to determine whether the wolf gets in and has your marriage for lunch or not. Whether the wolves get into your house and have your children or your grandchildren as their snack. And what safeguards your marriage and what builds that house not of straw or sticks but what will build your house of bricks is character. Love your family with your character. I like to call it character love. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. We're going to look at verse 26. The book of Proverbs is written to young men about how to take wisdom from God and build a life of bricks that will withstand the attacks of the wolves. To build a life that when you come to the end of life, you don't have to look back on it with regret, but you can rather look back and say, man, I lived a good, full life. Did what God wanted me to do, played life by His principles, 
and now I'm living with the results of it. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. What is the fear of the Lord? Because that basically sets the tone for this entire verse. It's the fear of the Lord that gives us a strong confidence. And it's the fear of the Lord that creates a situation in a family where the child, the children, have a refuge. So what is the fear of the Lord? This term is used throughout the Old Testament. What does it mean to fear God? Now, when I was growing up, they used to talk about fearing God. They used to use expressions. My mother did every now and then. She was going to put the fear of God in me, which I knew that wasn't going to be a pleasant experience when that happened. And so what does it mean by the fear of the Lord? I used to think that it meant that, you know, we were just scared half to death of God. And the more scared of God I was, the better off I would be. But there's a problem with being scared of God. If I'm really scared of God, then most of us don't like to hang out with somebody we're scared of, do we? We avoid people that we're scared of. So if I'm scared of God, I'm going to do what? I'm going to avoid God. So when I get this idea that the fear of God means that I'm just really scared to death that God's going to, you know, nuke me and take me out if I misbehave, then what do I tend to do? I may be scared of God, but I'm also going to do a lot of good stuff trying to avoid God because I'm so scared of Him. Well, that's not really the idea of the fear of the Lord at all. Let me give you several ideas. Number one, the fear of the Lord means that I am totally and completely satisfied with Jesus. The greatest, deepest satisfaction of my life is the Lord Jesus Christ. He speaks to the very depths of who I am. To fear the Lord is to be totally satisfied with Him, to drink in all that Jesus is. About 35 to 40 miles east of here is a farm outside of Gretna that goes way back in the history of our family. And when I was a boy, and into my early adolescence, and then into young adulthood, we used to go to that farm all the time. Now, I grew up in the city, but I lived for those times that we got to go to Gretna, and I got to go out to Aunt Doris's farm and hang out on that farm. I can remember to this day, I was a small child, and my cousins, Lynn and Glenn Norcott, said to me, we're going to take you back to the creek. I love to go back to that creek. That creek had crawdads in it, and we used to go after those crawdads. I remember we were out there one hot summer afternoon, and we were getting thirsty, and we were good and hot, and they said, we're going to get you some water out of the spring. I didn't know what a spring was, so they took me to the spring that was adjacent to the creek that fed that creek, and there was a bunch of ladles hanging off of the trees around it, and they pulled them down, and they started filling them up with water, and they offered me one. I grew up in the city. And in the city, you don't just drink any water that's handed to you. You make sure that water has been through the purification plant before you drink it. If you don't, you'll be going to the bathroom very quickly and have a rugged afternoon. And so when they offered me that water, I looked at them and I said, is this stuff really safe to drink? And they looked at me and they said, this is the safest water in the world you could drink. This water is some kind of pure. It comes straight up out of the ground out of that spring. And they offered me the ladle full of water, so I took it. And I began to drink it. It was the coldest, freshest, cleanest, most satisfying water I had ever had hit my teeth, go over my tongue, and down my throat. It just reinvigorated me. 
immediately. And so every time after that, we go down there. I want to go back to the spring and get a drink of water out of that spring because it could quench thirst like no soft drink could ever begin to quench thirst. And as crazy as this sounds, as a kid, I'd rather have spring water out of that spring than a Pepsi any day of the week. Now, when it says here the fear of the Lord, the idea there is that Jesus satisfies the soul. Jesus said, I came to quench your thirst. And you see, Jesus is like that spring water. He puts the soft drinks of this world out to pasture any day of the week. All the things that we can run after in life that we think are going to satisfy us, achievement, money, prestige, addictive behavior, whatever it is, Jesus satisfies. The fear of the Lord is learning to find my satisfaction in Jesus. Notice that it is the fear of the Lord. Who is this Lord? Man, I could preach forever and a day on who this Lord is. But He is the one who came to this earth and took on a body like you and me so He could walk among us, experience life with us, pour Himself into us. He's the one, as the choir sang earlier, who went to the cross, laid His life on the line, shed His blood for us, poured out every ounce of blood in our body for us. That's how much He loves you. And by the way, that's how much you are worth is the blood of the Son of God. He is the one who three days later rose triumphantly from the dead, having conquered sin, death, and hell, our sin, you name it. He's the one who says, Someday I am coming back for you. He is the one who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Who's the one we fear? Who's the one we find our satisfaction in? He is the one who is closer than a brother, the lily of the valley, the fairest of 10,000. Go on and on. That's who we are satisfied in. And that's why we can find our satisfaction in Him. Oh, get excited about Jesus. Experience Jesus. And live every day looking forward to that day when He's going to split the eastern sky and He comes back again. That's who we find our satisfaction in. The second idea of finding a fear in the Lord is I live under the authority of His Word. It is one thing to agree with the Bible or to think the Bible is a nice book. It is something else to place my life under the authority of the Word of God. To say, Lord, your Word is going to guide me and direct me. Man, if we can just get a handle, Exodus 20, on the Ten Commandments and live our lives under the authority of the Ten Commandments, we will have it made. And as someone has said, there are not ten suggestions, they are ten commandments. If we can place our marriages under the authority of the ten commandments, we will have integrity in our marriages, which means we will have trust in a marriage, which sets the stage for everything else in a marriage. If as parents we live under the authority of God's word, our children can trust us and respect us. And that provides security for them. Living under the authority of God's Word. Write this down. My sermon outline, by the way, is on the back of your bulletin. Active obedience to God draws an active blessing from God. Active obedience to God. Not just talking obedience. I am living obedience. Active obedience draws an active blessing. And full blessing excuse me, full obedience gets a full blessing. 
Sometimes we want to give God halfway obedience and get a full blessing. It's not going to happen. We've got to give Him full obedience to know His blessing. Now notice what he says here. In the fear of the Lord, one has what? A strong confidence. The word strong there is an interesting Hebrew word. It has two basic meanings. Meaning number one, it was used to describe a warrior. A warrior. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. When we find our satisfaction in Jesus and live under His Word, we become a spiritual warrior. Men, let me speak to you for a moment because you are, biblically as I understand it, supposed to be the leaders of your homes. You need to be a prayer warrior for your family. You need to be the spiritual warrior of your family. You see, if we are not going to be warriors for our family, the wolves are going to take us out. If we are not willing to be warriors for our children, the wolves are going to take our kids out. If we are not willing to be warriors for our grandchildren for the next generation, then the wolves are going to take them out. And the idea here is that when I find my satisfaction in the Lord, when I live in the authority of His Word, He makes me, He shapes me, He forms me, and I take the responsibility of being a warrior for my family and with my family. Now the second idea of being a warrior, the second idea of this Word, it's going to sound strange, is dancing and rejoicing. Dancing and rejoicing. What in the world are they taking a word and combining being a warrior and, and dancing and rejoicing? That's because the kind of warrior God wants is a happy warrior. Is a warrior who is rejoicing in the Lord. I am a warrior for my family before the Lord, but I do it with a smile on my face and a dance in my step. I do it with the joy of the Lord. If you want to attract people to Jesus, if you want to attract your family to Jesus, you'll never do it with a scowl. It's with joy that we attract people to Jesus. It's a smile that pulls people to Jesus. My son is 24 years old, and a few weeks before we moved, we were out walking one night, and I asked him, I said, Son, why is it that you've stayed with faith? I know you grew up in a preacher's home and you had to go to church and all that, but you had a place. I mean, you've been at a place for a while. You could throw it all off. So why did you choose to stay? And one of the things that he said to me, he said, Dad, we had a lot of fun in our home growing up. And we just determined we were going to enjoy the Lord's presence and enjoy serving the Lord together. So it's that idea there of a strong confidence. Now, the word confidence there means to be bold. It means to have a backbone. It means that we don't sway back and forth with whatever the culture happens to be telling us at any given time. It's the idea that the strong confidence that I have when I find my satisfaction in Jesus and I'm living under the authority of His Word is that I am not up for a vote every day on who I am going to be. That even if all the pressure around me says to live one way, I'm going to do what's right and I'm going to live for Jesus, even if everybody around me is pushed in the other direction. 
It means when I'm with the family, extended family, I'm going to live for the Lord and serve Him. It means I'm going to stay on it for Jesus. I'm going to have a backbone and I am not going to be swayed. And it means that the character of Jesus is being produced in my life. Now notice what he says. The fear of the Lord gives one a strong confidence. And notice the second half of the verse. And his children will have a refuge. It means those children are going to have hope. It means the next generation is going to have security because character grows hope and security. In that day when they were attacked, they would go to the mountains and go in caves in the mountains to find security. And the idea here is that when we fear the Lord, we find our satisfaction in the Lord, we live our lives with character being produced by His Word in our lives, that the home, the marriage becomes a refuge. It becomes a safe place. I want you to write this down. Character leads to trust. Character leads to trust. Trust leads to security. Trust leads to security. And security leads to joy. Security leads to joy. Character leads to trust. Trust leads to security. And security leads to joy. Over the years as a pastor, when I've done marriage counseling... One of the things that I have seen over and over again is that when a marriage loses trust, you've pretty much lost everything at that point. You can lose trust in a second, and it may take years to recover it. If you've got trust in a marriage, you can lose everything else, but you've got the most important ingredient. But how do you keep trust with character? I've always said in our marriage, I always have trusted Helen because I trust her walk with the Lord. And because I can trust my wife's walk with the Lord, I know I can trust her. When you can look at your spouse, and when your spouse can look at you, and they know that you are walking with Jesus, and you are living in the authority of God's Word, and you're finding your ultimate final satisfaction in Jesus... Your spouse can trust you and respect you. When your children are able to look at you like that, then they will respect you. And, you know, I hear a lot of folks today complain about how children are so disrespectful. Let me tell you one of the reasons I think kids are so disrespectful in our society today. Adults have lived in front of them in such a way that causes the kids to be disrespectful. If children cannot look into adults, into our lives, and see something to respect, then it's difficult for them to come up with respect for someone they can't respect. And if we as adults don't take the responsibility not just to talk this book, but to live this book, kids aren't going to respect us. But when they can look into our lives and see that we're not just talking it, we're walking it, we're living it, it's just going to be automatic they're going to respect That provides them with a sense of security, and that leads to the joy of the Lord being in a marriage and being in a family.
Listen, Jesus will go the distance with your marriage and Jesus will go the distance with your family. The question is, are we going to go the distance with Jesus in our marriage and with our family? And so I ask you this morning, are you trying to build a marriage or a family with this or with this? Or are you building it with this? This is the character. I want to say a word to those of you who were single parents. I was raised by a single parent from the time I was 13 years of age. Did not have the advantage of dad being in the home. But my mother made sure that she built our home not out of this, not out of this, but out of this. And one of the reasons I'm in front of you this morning is because mom made the decision she's going to build a home out of this. So don't give up if you're a single parent and think you can't get the job done because you and Jesus together can get the job done. Let's pray. Lord, help us to love our families with the character of Jesus that you produce in us as we find, Lord, as we find our satisfaction in Jesus. Lord, as we place our lives underneath the authority of your word. Their heads bowed and our eyes closed. In just a moment, we have a time of invitation. I want to invite you, if you're here today, as we sing, if you think, man, you know, I, I realize that I've been building my marriage, my family, my life with straw and sticks and not with the bricks of character that you will resolve today when I leave here. I'm going to start following God's word. I'm going to seek my satisfaction in Jesus I'm going to build my life, build my marriage, build my family with character. If you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus Christ as we sing, I want to invite you to walk the aisle of this church. I would be so glad to meet you and pray with you about giving your life to Jesus. If you sense that God's calling you to be part of our church family, we invite you to come. If you just need someone to pray with you, we'll be available to pray with you. And the altar is open if you need to come and just meet with the Lord. Father, in these moments now, as we respond to you, help us, Lord, if we're holding any straw or sticks in our hands, to drop it. And help us, Lord, to grab that brick of character that you've got for us to build a life, to build a family, to build lives with godly character. In your name we pray, amen.